0: Good morning. Glad you could be here. I just thank the Lord for all the blessings that He gives me personally, and one of those is to stand in front of you and proclaim God's Word. I love all of you, and I am so thankful that you have decided to come and. Praise the Lord and sing songs to Him. That song sounded so beautiful up here. The way that it comes forward, it gives me chill bumps. Love that feeling. <clears throat> if you would turn to James, the first chapter, I'll be speaking from James, chapter one, uh, the verses twelve and eighteen. At one of my classes in preaching school is on the Epistle of James. And I'm loving that class because I get to do five lessons uh, for my homework. And so you get to hear five lessons from James. So, uh, But you know, James is a great book. It's, some say it's the most practical book in the New Testament as far as here's what you do and do it. You know, Uh, I love the fact that James makes it so clear for us to be able to do the things that will be pleasing to God. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about temptation. In the Australian bush country grows a little bitty plant and there's I looked it up. There's all kinds of variations of this plant. But at the bottom of this plant is round leaves. And they cover the whole base of the, of the plant. And there's a stem that shoots up out of this plant. And at the top of that stem comes this beautiful flower. Flower. On the bottom of those round leaves are hairs, little bitty hairs that stick up, and they have a dew looking substance on them. Very, very attractive for an insect. But what the insect doesn't realize is when they step onto the leaf that it's a sticky substance. When they stick onto the leaf, they become stuck, and as they move, the leaf folds up and ends up killing the insect. The temptation for that bug is, oh man, I'm fixing to get me something good to eat. But the end result is, it's death. Temptation and our lusts are very similar to that plant because we see that it's such a great thing or we lose our focus for a minute on what's good and what's bad and we want that so bad that it doesn't matter what you tell me, I'm going to do it. I want to talk a little bit about that today. And I'm going to read these and then we're going to go back through them. James 1, chapter 12, James 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights." with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. What I love is as we begin looking at these verses, uh, I want you to think back, some of you weren't here, but the last time I preached on Sunday night, I talked about God's discipline and how... He allows these situations to happen in our lives because of He wants us to turn back to Him. Sometimes we may not like the situation that we're in and we feel like that uh, it's unfair, but we know that God wants us to fully rely on Him in all that we do. So He allows these situations to happen in our lives. Uh, 1 Peter 4.1 says that as Christ suffered, we must be ready to suffer also. And by going through that, we have ceased from sin. We learn to put our hope and trust back into Him and not on us. Then we talk, I talked just briefly on a Devo. Uh, which I wish I could and I may still if I get a chance to talk a little bit more about how Satan is a roaring lion. He's seeking to devour you and that uh, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but, a root, but against rulers in this darkness of this age, Ephesians 6, 12. And in order for us to be able to stand against those... Uh, Uh, situations and schemes that we have to put on the full armor of God. I I say all of that, and we know all that, but I say all of that to, to bring us to what we're discussing today. God allows things to happen to see what and how we will act, whether we'll draw to Him or draw away from Him. While those things are going on, Satan... And and I'm going to give an example of this in a little bit. He has tricks and schemes and ways that he tries to pull us away from God. Such as the example with Adam and Eve. Or as he tried to do with Jesus and failed. In Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Look at verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive... the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those whom He loved. What we need to understand today, my brothers and sisters, is that we are going to have to deal with temptation until the Lord comes back. This is something that we're going to have to settle in and understand in our lives is we are going to struggle with temptation. And when we understand that, then that will allow us to be able to face it head on and attack it the way that we need to to be pleasing to God. God is so great. You know, He makes things that seem so horrible and maybe when you're going through that you don't quite understand it. And you may keep messing up and you may keep doing things that you shouldn't be doing. But the end result is for, is for you to turn back and look at him and say, you know what? The only way I'm going to get through this situation is by looking to you. That's it. We have a huge responsibility as Christians to understand the things that are happening in our life and how we're supposed to act upon them. Things are going to happen. What are you going to do? And a Christian should be able to know what to do. You can know what to do by God's Word. That's why He loves you so much. He's given you this so you can face those battles and face those trials. And at the end, i got a verse that's going to tell you why we do that. A great example also is uh, verse 13. Look at it. It says... Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be, t- cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. When we are faced with the temptation, which the Greek right here says an experiment, an attempt, a trial, or a proving, we need to understand God is not the one doing the tempting. It's us. We are tempted And look at verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Think about the temptations in your life. Sit back. Think about it for a minute. Think about the sins that you commit on a daily basis that you're constantly being tempted with. Think about it. Do our desires and our lusts focus on us? Or do our desires and our focus be on God? I know that we all face these struggles and all these sins because 1 John 1.8 says that if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So every single one of us in here faces a temptation... All the time. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know I know mine. Look at what happens when we give in to these temptations. Verse 15. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin... When it is full grown, brings forth death. What's he talking about right here? Think about it. As you continue to lust or desire a temptation, you sin. Whatever that temptation is, man, I want that, this, whatever it is, whatever you're fill in the blank, you, your sin, temptation, and you lust after it. It starts to grow as you sin. And what does it do? It starts consuming you. It starts taking over you to where you want to do it all the time. And then it becomes natural. Then it's not not even a feeling anymore. Because now you're doing it all the time. And what does that bring forth? Death. Because what have you done? You have separated yourself from God. Because it's all about you. It's all about what you want. You know, we were talking about this in class, and the the professor, the teacher, whatever you want to call him, he said, this is Satan's LSD. Lust, sin, death. Hey, Satan knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for a long time. He knows you. He knows what you struggle with. He knows the things that He could present that you'll just, oh yeah, I want that right there. The perfect example of this is 1 John 2.16, talking about our lusts. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and we know this verse, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. It tells us to beware of the lust of the flesh, of the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because they are not from God, they're from the world. Look at Genesis uh, chapter 3 verse 6 real quick. I want to just give you an example of this. Now I want you to keep in mind while we're talking about this, I want you to be thinking about your your stuff you're dealing with. Think about your life. Think about what you're going through. Think about the struggles that you have. Genesis 3, chapter 6. This is Satan. And I'm going to back up just a little bit to verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, "You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die." Then the serpent said to the woman, "You will not surely die; for God knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil." So when the woman saw that the tree was good for the food, for food, lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes and she, and the tree desirable to make one wise the pride of life she took it of its fruit and she ate we are tempted all the time with the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are we not you think about your situations and you think about those sins you struggle with and you think about the benefits of it oh man That girl looks good. And boom, you're hit. You're already on a path of lusting flesh, eyes, and the pride of life. The way to attack or control the temptation is completely on you and how you want to live. It's in your heart. It's where your heart's at is your heart towards God or is your heart towards you? That's the bottom line. Who is it towards? Now, so that means if, I, if, if I'm going to be towards God, my life is going to be boring. I will never get to have no fun because all the time I'm just going to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Is that how God is? Absolutely not. God loves you so much and He wants you to have an abundant life. And He wants you to have blessings beyond measure. But the only way that you can do that is by doing His will and doing what He wants you to do. Remember what Jesus said to the church of the Laodiceans in Revelation 3, 15 and 16. He says, I know your works. When you are in sin and you are involved in sin, you are not doing the things that you are supposed to be doing. And he says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. I wish you was either all the way for me or all the way against me. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out my mouth. Boy, that's rough. God can't, don't even want to. <laughs> he wants to get it totally. I made him sick to his stomach. You know that feeling when you get sick to your stomach? That's how Jesus feels when you ride the fence, when you do the temptation, and you fall into it, and you want to keep doing it. Oh, I don't want to do it now. I won't do it for a while. Think about those temptations as we're talking about this. Get real personal with yourself. This is a way that you can spiritually grow, y'all. I want to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 10 for just a minute, if you want to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Is an awesome, I know I say awesome, interesting, <laughs> a lot. Amazing. But you know what? That's how God is to me. I can't stop thinking about how awesome, amazing, and interesting God is. You know? God, His Word will never leave you hopeless. God's Word will never leave you by yourself. It will always turn you to the direction you need to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to read this and then I want to briefly talk about it. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that "...all of our fathers who were under the cloud all passed through the sea." Now he's talking Old Testament and he's talking about the Israelites, okay? "...but all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased." For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now listen to these examples, okay? And do not become idolaters as were some of them as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition, or our warning, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So here Paul is giving an example of how the Israelites lived and what their desires and their lusts were. And we just talked about Josiah down in class. And you think about how far away the Israelites had gotten from God. Baal worship was going on in the temple, y'all. They had totally forgotten what was supposed to be their worship and who they were supposed to be worshiping. That's exactly what will happen to us. If we continue to go after our own desires, after our own lusts, we will sin and sin and sin and be so far away from God that He won't we won't be able to see Him anymore. But look at verse 13. Look at this right here. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Think about that. Every time you're tempted with your sin or your temptation, every time, God gives you a way of escape. <laughs> Think about that. Every time. Oh, you don't know my sins. My sins are way bigger than anybody else's. I'm... It's hard for me. That's why I can't do right. I can't do right because my sins are way... Too, it's hard for me to pull myself out of that. mm Nope. Can't, can't buy that one. Because God says in every temptation, He makes it able for you to bear. Every time. He gives you a way out. Which brings us back to James. And Mark prayed it at the table. Verse 7, verse 16, listen, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits for his creatures. So here you are stuck in a situation, you're lusting, you're desiring this. Are you looking for the opportunity that God has provided for your escape so you can bear it? Are you that focused on being pleasing to God that you're willing to do that? Hey, that one's on you. That's on your heart. That's on who you want to please in every single situation that you deal with. Hey, I'm talking to me too. This is very much a a lesson for me too. And as I studied this, it really made me want to dissect every single situation that I do. Every single situation that I'm put in, I want to make sure when I'm tempted that I'm doing the right thing. God is such a loving God and He cares so much for us. And He wants children that will be obedient to Him. As I close, I want to read a psalm to you. And I want you to just listen to this psalm. I want you to get somewhere where you can listen to what I'm fixing to read. I just want you to hear God's Word speak to you right now. It's Psalm fifty-one, ten through 13. And I want you to listen to this. In order for us to be able to deal with temptation, for us to be able to handle these desires and these lusts, listen to what this says. Listen to this, my brothers and sisters, please. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Think about yourself. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirits." Do you remember when you obeyed the gospel? Do you remember how happy you were when you obeyed the gospel? Then I, listen, when you do this, listen to what it says. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will be converted to you. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel, my brothers and sisters. You can't do that without a clean heart. You can't do it riding the fence. But we can do it. You can do it. With every temptation, God gives you an escape. Because He loves you so much. If you are here today and you have not... Obeyed the gospel. Time is running out. As my brother Chad would say, he could come right now. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Creating me a clean heart. Are you hearing? You're living in sin, and your heart is not clean. Hey, don't be ashamed to come up here. I will tackle you in the right there with a hug, and I know plenty of other people that will too, because we love you and we want you to do right and we want you to do the right things. Are you hearing? You haven't obeyed the gospel. Jesus loved you and He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb and He resurrected. And He said, if you believe that and you turn from your ways of sin and want to live a different way, and that you're unashamed to confess that He's the Son of God in front of men, and you get baptized in this water, this magical water, mm -mm. it's a reenactment of what Jesus did for us. The death the burial, and the resurrection. And when you come out of that water, you are brand new. You are a child of God and He has added you to the Lord's church. Because there's only one. There's only one church. If you want to be a part of that church, come right now. It's Together we stand and sing.